0: It's Lockdown Football with Will Downing alongside Mark Rodden and Stefan Jorni. Today we're talking to Jan Kermagant. Having lost four years as a teenager due to leukaemia and arriving into English football as an unknown French striker, Kermagant achieved majorly with each of his clubs in England. A playoff semi-finalist at Leicester City, he won the League One title with Charlton, the Championship with Bournemouth and played in the Championship Playoff Final with Reading. He's played the last two seasons back home in France with Van. Uh, but, Jan, because of the French season ending early, your retirement has come early too.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I couldn't finish the season and, uh, and do the last game uh, you know, of my career properly uh, because of the virus. We have had to, to end the season uh, a bit earlier. So I've stopped a little bit uh, disappointed not to, to make a last, uh, a last game. But in my, in my head, it was uh, uh, sure I would stop uh, at the end of the season. So I was uh, quite ready to, to stop.
0: You played the final f- couple of seasons of your career with Van. What was it like being back in France after being in England for so long? It was really good.
1: Really good in terms of, uh, you know, um, seeing my family, my friends, uh, feeling, you know, at home. And uh, uh, But of course, uh, it was a bit different because, you know, I was a professional for many years with all the intensity and... Uh, uh, what included, you know, being professional and when I came back to Van, it was more amateur. So the intensity uh, at training and, uh, and all around the football was a bit different. So I was uh, enjoying a bit more my life, I would say. And uh, it was like a few levels, you know, down uh, compared to what I used to play in, in England.
0: And how have you found life back in France in comparison to spending the last 10 years or so in England?
1: Uh, I was quite, you know, I was looking forward to to, to go home because, uh, as as you said, I've been uh, in England for many years, and uh, even before, uh, I used to to live quite far from uh, from where I live. So yeah, I was missing my my parents and my friends, and I think it was time for me to to go home and and uh, chill a bit. <laughs>
0: And uh, but ha- had you found much of a change in England over the ten years that you'd been there? Because I know quite a few uh, people from overseas living there will have said in the past ten years they found that the atmosphere has has changed to the point where we are now.
1: Yeah, of course, everything has uh, I would say has improved as well, and uh, and you can see the especially I think especially in uh, in championship uh, in uh, in the last few years. You had uh, even more money I would say from the club and uh, even bigger players playing in in the championship and I think uh, the last few years uh, the championship was uh, really competitive with um, big teams and um, that's why it was so, so good to play in that championship.
0: I mean, during your time in England, you've played with two clubs that are on a much more advanced level than where they are now. You were promoted with Bournemouth. You were at Leicester City a couple of seasons before they got back into the top flight and won the league. What was the feeling at both clubs on the way up? Did you think that they were great things were destined there, particularly with Leicester, who ended up winning the league and who are now challenging for the Champions League again?
1: Yeah, the <laughs> with Leicester, I would say when I when I first signed for Leicester, they were promoted from League One. But uh, I had been told by uh, people you know a bit more, you know, the England England uh, league than uh, than me, of course. Uh, they said like Leicester was a big club and uh, something. It's not. Uh, I would not. I would not say it's not possible in France, but you can see more often in in England clubs going down for financial. Uh, uh, issue, I would say, and when they get back, they're, they're able to to get promoted, you know, back-to-back promotion. Like uh, did Wolves or, or, or not Leicester, but they're already, you know, to go go back to Premier League. So when I signed for for Leicester, I knew I knew it was a big club, and uh, and I found out straight away with the fans and uh, and the fac- facilities, everything that they could be uh, soon in in Premier League, but. Of course, I couldn't expect what happened a few years later when they won the league, which was uh, completely uh, (laughs) unpredictable.
0: But your first season at Leicester, and Nigel Pearson was there, who was there pretty much up until the summer before Leicester won the league. And I know a lot of people still give him credit. Um, did, Did you feel that there was somebody there... And something about the club that was just a, a little bit special, a little bit different, that there was big potential there of what would happen?
1: Uh, I don't know. I remember him as a, a strong, strong man, you know, who can uh, manage a team, definitely. It didn't work out for me, unfortunately. Not, not really with him, but more with the, I would say, with the squad. who didn't really involve me and struggle to to get a chance. My journey with Leicester just ended up at the end of season and uh, and couldn't, you know, continue the season after. But you could see it was a club we wanted to improve and definitely uh, would have a chance to go up at uh, some point. So yeah, it was just uh, normal for me to to see them getting promoted few few years later.
0: As somebody coming over from France into the middle of England, had you found that move difficult first season that you'd been playing in England?
1: Yeah, that was tough. First, because as you said, you are not in London. If you want to compare, for example, as a French, it's uh, much easier to settle in London and see, you know, meet people or, or even uh, go for, you know, dinner or everything. Uh, so Leicester was a bit more. At the beginning, it was not too bad for me because I was so focused on football and proving myself, you know, in England. Uh, so I was just thinking about football, going to training ground even on on days off. To get uh, fitter and try to to get a chance, but unfortunately, as, as I said before, the the player didn't really give me a chance. I was not speaking you know well English or well enough to be um, I would say interesting for for them to have a chat or something. So in the, in those situations, they don't really help you. It's just about football, so <laughs> you you work on your own and and just I had a few try to get me involved, but not much. And the rest, I, was, I think it was more like a. You can take a place uh, in the team where my friend plays, so <laughs> I'm not going to help you.
0: Because you had been a League 2 player in the second flight in France up to that point. it's where they found in Golokante as well. But I-, I see from the squad at the time, there were only about four or five overseas players who were there. It was still mainly an English-based squad. And one of the overseas players was Nobby Solano, who'd been in England for a long time anyway up to that point.
1: Yeah, I think, I think my biggest problem for... for, for yeah, there was two things. Uh, when, I, when I signed, they already played like uh, seven or eight games. So the season was already started. As you can see, every time when you got a team get promoted, you keep almost the same squad with a few additions. But most of the time, that's players who come from other clubs and they already know each other or they can uh, easily, you know, uh, even for dinner or something like that. But for me, it was a bit different because I was there as a Frenchman which was not uh, easy. <laughs> I didn't speak well English, which was not easy. And, and at the end, I think the worst for me is um, my position as a striker. I was in uh, competition with a, a player who was um, a, an experienced player, I would say. And he was the best mate of uh, the number 10, who was captain. Same, experienced player. And definitely I was like, uh, you will not take my friend's uh, position. I was just like a boycott. He just uh, didn't pass me the ball even at training. It was like, well. It's something uh, weird is uh, happening. So after you can't really compete because you try to get involved. When when you play, the the player don't really pass you the ball. So as a striker, it's difficult to score goals if you don't get a cross. Or it was like you know you go near post, they cross uh, back post, <laughs> you stay back post, they cross near post. It was like just like uh, they try everything to not uh, give me a chance to score or... because if I scored, I would have maybe have more games and I would maybe play in front of the guy. <laughs>
0: See, it's interesting because if you look at stats for the season and you only scored one goal that campaign, so if you're somebody who hasn't watched every game and you just go by the stats alone, then you think, OK, well, you had a really bad season. Obviously, you will explain, well, there's a reason for that. Uh, I guess you obviously couldn't wait to, to leave Leicester then. I know you went away on loan back to France for a good chunk of that season. I mean, did you feel that England then wasn't going to work, work out off the back of that?
1: No, i just come back to what you said first uh, about my goal. Uh, if you look at the, the games, I started one, only one game at home and that was the last one against uh, Middlesbrough Row at the end of the season. And that game, I, I had the man of the match and I scored my first goal. And it was just about, I had no confidence. I didn't play, I didn't start in one game at home where you normally dominate a bit more the game or create more chance. I was playing sometimes, uh, I play a few games winger away from home so basically to defend or to be uh, you know get a good shape most of the time when i play sometime up front on my own away from home it's the same you don't get many chance most of the time and after like 60 minutes change put two strikers on suddenly you get a bit more chance to score a goal at the end of the game so you think are oh, you see when you're playing we you don't play well and when uh, it makes changes, uh, his game better. So the following games, at home, I was on the bench eating and come on for like five, ten minutes at the end. Sometimes even come on for a few games uh, in a row. So it was impossible for me really to, uh, and I needed like a miracle on 10 minutes getting the match winner and maybe get a bit more credit, but it didn't happen.
0: It's how stats can a lot of the time be very, very misleading until you start digging into them. I will be honest, that sounds like the year from hell. That sounds horrible.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, as i said before that's kind of a moment in your in your life and especially in your career that you can go completely down and feel like completely lost or you can use that as a strength and and feeling even more not revenge but like a, you really want to prove something and you to just stay focused on your and, and be confident on on what you you can do and and i was sure i could be a good player in england so for sure so i was just thinking keep going, keep working and one day you will uh, get the, the reward. Even if it's not at Leicester, but it will be next season.
0: So you went away on loan, back to France, back to Ales Avignon. Did you think that your adventure in England was over at that point or were you confident that you could go to a club that might treat you a little bit better?
1: Um, honestly, I didn't know, I didn't really know, but for me, in my head, I was sure I wanted to play in England and for me it was, not the, um, it was just about saying it was not the right place at the right time. So it could be different in another, even the same club, but with maybe a different squad or different manager who would give me a chance. Because at least when I first signed, they wanted to sign me a deal. I, I, I refused. So I had to tell them like, okay, what we're going to do is I, I'm going to sign a deal until Christmas. And if I'm not good enough, I'm free to go. And uh, if I can uh, show you or prove you I'm good enough, I will sign a new deal. So they said, they accepted, they said, okay. And at some point, I was thinking, I'm not playing because I've got only a short-term contract. So if I'm good, you know, uh, all the club will try to to sign me because uh, I'm only on on short contract. So the manager fought again the the owner to sign me a new deal. And the owner told him like, "Uh, why are you going to sign him a new deal? You don't even play him. So I was thinking maybe he wants to sign me first a good contract and then I will have a chance maybe a bit later. Or he wanted to give me some time to learn you know, English, uh, culture and, uh, and the squad and stuff like that. But finally I signed my new deal and it didn't change. <laughs> so I was still not playing. For me, I was like, uh, there's a problem between me and uh, I would not say the manager because when he spoke about me, he was really um, positive uh, saying like in front of the goal, I was the best at training or stuff like that. It was like, everything was a green light. And the other, the other part, I was not playing. So there was something... Uh, and for me, that's my point of view, but I'm sure he, he was thinking, if I play him, I lose like uh, part of the team in term of uh, because I would play in front of the friend, of uh, the captain and stuff, you know, and it gets wrong. So I think, unfortunately, I've been done by, uh, by the team, by the players.
0: Your first club in England, and it's club politics that basically sort of keeps you out of the side and derails your career for a couple of seasons. But it was Chris Powell at Charlton, you had to step a division down. You went into League One, the third flight. You basically, I guess, couldn't have picked anyone better considering what had happened because you know, Charlton won the title that season and you proved you could play a lot and score a lot of goals.
1: Yeah, that was a, a difficult decision to, to take, I would say, because, um, of course, I wanted to, to come back to England. And for me, that was a good uh, opportunity because uh, Chris Powell was uh, still playing at Leicester when I was there. But he was already starting to be involved with the staff. Like, uh, he was used at the left back only if we had like, a, one uh, injury player or, or sometime in a, in a cup game. He was there every day, you know? so he, he knew me, I would say, not perfectly, but like, really well. And I was thinking, uh, at least if he wants me to come, that uh, maybe uh, he knows me and, uh, and I will have a proper chance to, to play. But the tough decision was for me to and play in League One. Because I went to play a championship, for me it was my uh, the level I wanted to play at least, and uh, get back to France in first league, and come back to sign in League One for for me it was a big uh, a big blow. But in the same time, I was thinking it's a good challenge as well. And uh, the example of Leicester the season before, when they got promoted and did well in the championship, I was thinking Charlton is a big club as well. They've been in Premier League, so it could be could be a good. Uh, a good challenge and why not a good opportunity if we go if we go up straight away and after I will be in Championship.
0: Mentioning the drop, obviously there would have been a drop of, in wages as well. How would you find that at League One level compared to the Championship?
1: Yeah, it was a decision to take as well, but it's never been uh, my um, obsession, I would say. Uh, the the money I've refused sometimes move, even in France. For example, when I signed for Leicester, uh, that was my decision to go... In the first league in France, or to go in England. Uh, unfortunately, I got injured like uh, the one of the last training of the of the season. I think it didn't help me to to find another club because I was uh, free, but injured. So my decision was uh, League One or, or first league in France or, or England, and I had a, a, a big offer from Caen in France. Which you know well, uh, <laughs> Stefan. Yeah,
2: yeah, And
1: And Carl uh, was the kind of team uh, they always like uh, go pr- uh, Premier League, go down, and then go up again or go down. And so basically, I was uh, not sure, but I had a big chance to um, play one season in, in League Two in France and go up and, and be in Premier League, uh, in first league in France. So they offered me a, a really good deal, but I refused. I wanted to play in England or, or in first league. So my decision was not about the, the deal and the money, but just. Uh, about what I wanted to, to achieve in my uh, my dream. So um, I accepted to play for Chatham, even on uh, not on big money, of course. It was in League One. And um, of course, all the players, they signed lots of players. This is in like 10 or 15, I, I don't remember, but it was a big, big uh, change. And of course, they had no much money <laughs> for me uh, to spend. So it was uh, just, uh, can you accept that or or not? So I said, okay, let's go and we'll see what will happen.
0: Was it a great release to finally get playing regularly though there was uh, Bradley Wright Phillips at the squad at the time he was the top scorer that season with 22 goals Johnny Jackson as well from midfielder got 13 and then Jan Corrigant with 12 so what was the feeling like when you got your your first goal for the club
1: Uh, that was a great feeling to be fair and uh, if I'm not wrong because I scored one in the cup I think and the first league goal was on my first touch uh, corner so I was on the bench and we had a corner and the gaffer looked at me and said, put like, put, uh, you're going to come on, come on, come on. I say, okay, okay. And uh, I just uh, ran to to the box in the cross and I scored on my first touch. And it was at Sheffield United so it was a really important game for us because they were, of course, playing for the title as well. I think that helped me to the little thing I didn't get at Leicester. I had that chance, maybe at Charlton to score that goal and uh, be a uh, decisive Quite early in, uh, in the season to get a chance to play because uh, there was um, a good partnership with the police who was a really good player as well, uh, playing up front with Bradley Phillips. So it was not like sure I' gonna play. So I had to to make sure I would be uh, I would be good.
0: And in terms of that season, 101 points, Charlton got won the title ahead of Sheffield Wednesday. With Sheffield United there as well, as you say, who obviously are doing brilliantly in the Premier League. Now, Huddersfield Town as well, who also ended up in the Premier League for a couple of seasons. That's quite a high standard. Obviously, it was quite tight at the top for a lot of the, the campaign.
1: Yeah, that was a, a really good season. And uh, As I said, you can't compare the third league in, uh, in England to the one uh, in France. Uh, I, would never have been, I would never have gone, you know, in, a, we say, national in France. It's the third league, which is... Uh, Really tough and not uh, not great, but playing in League One at Charlton was uh, maybe the best decision in my career because I know it was a lower level, and uh, I was a bit upset. I had to uh, eat my pride, <laughs> just think yeah, it's a good opportunity. That, that was a, a really amazing year uh, in League One because we, I think we, we, had a few sellouts at home against Oldham, or Sheffield, so playing in front of twenty-seven thousand fans or 24, something like that. It was quite impressive for me uh, coming from France because you don't see that in the third league, even in League 2, not really. So I knew I was in a, in a really big club and a good club and the season was just perfect because, as you said, 101 points. We were flying and, and we had a really good, uh, really good squad. The manager was uh, just a, a gentleman and a great guy. So everything was uh, really good.
0: I know the Valley really well. It's a nice stadium. It's, uh, it's kind of an old-fashioned English stadium, if you like. And, I mean, the first season of the championship, Charlton were ninth. There was potential of promotion, few points off the playoffs in the end. And, again, you would a really good goal-scoring season getting into double figures.
1: Yeah, that, that, uh, that was my um, biggest disappointment because I think we, we proved ourselves good enough to play in championship. And at the end of that season, we felt like uh, we needed addition. Just uh, maybe four or five, but good players. So you had quality and, and numbers as well, but unfortunately, the the, the board didn't uh, invest in any players or quite a few, but not really. And the following season, we, we you know what happened is like uh, we when you get promoted, you always get you know the, the vibe from uh, the promotion, so you're still on uh, on fire and uh, confident, so everything is good. But the second season is always um, the hardest because you have, most of the time you have to change a few players maybe and, uh, and bring some new Canada some, yeah, quality and we didn't do that. So unfortunately, the second season we, we struggled in, in the league and uh, we were fighting for relegation. And, uh, and in January, I had to go and uh, the manager got sacked just a few weeks after.
0: Two very important things happened more or less the same week or certainly the same month because you moved over to Bournemouth and Eddie Howe, and what a story he's had since then, although none of us were to know what was to happen there. But also Ronald de Châtelet bought the club, the Belgian businessman. Now, he's a man I think we all know quite well, because he's owned standard Liège, things didn't particularly go well from there, and I guess in truth, neither did it for Charlton. Was there any inkling at the time, for the short time, that you two would have crossed over about how, how things would end up there? Because obviously Charlton got relegated a few seasons after again.
1: I was so happy to have found the club uh, I loved. Uh, and when I saw him the first time, we had a meeting about my um, potential new deal that I was looking for and waiting for. And the manager was uh, okay for, I would say for a while to give me a, a new deal. And uh, when he, he, bought, he bought the club, at the meeting, I was we, we were talking about football, of course. And straight away, I was thinking, this guy, I don't have a clue about football. He's talking about things like... A, he got clubs everywhere and he can bring the moves, the players. Like, you need a right back. Hey, I got one in uh, Hungria. He can come, he's good. Uh, no, no, it's not, like, it's not like that. It doesn't work like that. And I was thinking, this guy is uh, completely deluded and I think we're going to go into the, the wall. After that, just found out, like, he didn't want to give me a new deal. He said I was too, too old. First, I was not good enough to get that and this. And, and, and uh, finally, I found out I was linked with Bournemouth. At the time, I think they said like uh, Bournemouth made a bid for me and they accepted straight away, which was uh, completely crazy. And uh, one guy from the board there before Duchatelet, who knew me and knew maybe a bit more football, said like, no, no, you can't, do, you can't accept that offer, it's not enough. And they finally refused and uh, Bournemouth came back with a new offer, finally accepted, I think it was five or something, like I and accepted and just uh, me, I was like, okay, so basically you are talking to me, you are saying to me, uh, you can go. I was supposed to be maybe the main man. And now you want to sell me to the first uh, club who will make an offer. So I was like, okay, so something is gonna, is changing at the club. And that's not the club I used to, to love. And, and I was like, you have to maybe take a decision to go because if you're not like welcome, to your club and I was thinking uh, what happened with the, the manager as well, I was like, I'm sure if I stay anywhere, you will be I was sure he was going to be sacked uh, in a few games if we don't get like uh, four wins in a row or something like that, uh, so yeah I had to take that decision, it was a really tough decision because as I said, I wanted to to finish my career at Charlton at this time, I was like, uh, I want to stay here for until I can and uh, they just uh, stop uh, that dream I would say but at the end, it was uh, <laughs> the right decision.
0: I mean, you're telling me what a decision, because what a place you went to! Bournemouth had never been in the top flight at this stage. Quite an unglamorous club. They were also in the championship around mid-table. So, tell me about the man who signed you, Eddie Howe.
1: Yeah, Eddie Howe just um, invited me to to come down to Bournemouth and uh, have a look around. I was laughing after because I said to him. Uh, or even to the club a bit later, that like uh, they, they used to love um, driving around the beach and stuff like that. Uh, but I told him like, uh, you're not in Spain, so the beach, you can just go there for two weeks. <laughs> so it's not enough to sign players. <laughs> you have to do something different. But, but yeah, at the end, it was more the, the way he talked about football and the tactics and uh, his, his philosophy, his young age as well. And you could see he was like really uh, obsessed by the detail. And I was thinking, yeah, hey, show me some clips, uh, the way they played. And, and I was thinking, yeah, it's a, for me, it's always been about feelings. So I had a good feeling and I was thinking the, the, the big difference with Bournemouth and Charlton, for example, or, or even Leicester before, is that Bournemouth was not a big club. You know what I mean? So I had no really certainty in, in terms of uh, what they can do in the championship. Uh, because they were coming from lower league and they've never been in Premier League or even Championship, I was thinking that's a uh, that's a big bet, and uh, and let's see what's going to happen. So I've signed for for Bournemouth and uh, didn't play uh, the first five games. I think I was on the bench all February month. I think we had five games or something like that, and uh, I was on the bench. I was thinking, uh, what's going on? Because <laughs> when you sign, you know, in January, most of the time it's in order to play, you know, uh, and have an impact. And uh, especially the team was not doing well. Uh, they were like losing games and uh, not great. So I was thinking, if I'm not playing now, I don't know why I've, I've signed at, at Bournemouth. And finally, the last game, uh, I was decided to talk to him if he doesn't start me one game. <laughs> I did, and I scored. So.
0: And Bournemouth finished 10th that season, so confidence was probably really good for them. But nothing compared to what happened the following season Then. In- in winning the championship, which for a club like Bournemouth, really small as you say, young coach in his early 30s, Eddie Howe was, what was so incredible about that campaign? How had the pieces come together and the planets aligned?
1: To be honest with you, uh, when we, we finished the season, we finished quite strong and we started to to have something in terms of uh, the way we played and I think the players really knew the tactic and what the, the gaffer wanted us to, to do and uh, you could see it was uh, we were getting a reward by uh, by the work they did before as well and uh, most of the players I think didn't play in championship that much before or even never so you could see they were really starving like uh, they wanted to improve they wanted to work you could see at training the, the, the work ethic was uh, was uh, unbelievable I think it was due of course to the manager but the, the players Every time you finish uh, this session, for example, they wanted to stay to do overlaps, crossing. They they went to the gym, not because they've been asked to go and do some work, just because they wanted to get stronger and get better. And and you could see there was something special in that uh, squad and the quality was there. At the end of that season, I was thinking uh, we can definitely do something great next season if we keep the same squad. Uh, with a few addition, I think we could we could do a really good season. And I remember talking with um, uh, Lewis Graban, who was a um, striker, playing with Norwich. So it was a big move for him. And I, I was thinking, yeah, it's going to be difficult to get hold of him. But I told him, like, you should stay because I'm sure we can achieve something great. And finally, he, he moved and uh, we signed Callum Wilson, who finally uh, became a, a new superstar as well.
0: <laughs> and that season... I see that in your first 10 games, Bournemouth only won three, and that's including the 10th. So knocking around the bottom half of the table. And then from there, an absolutely astounding run, six wins in a row, then three draws, then five wins in a row, a 14-game unbeaten run up to Christmas, and you start shooting up the table. That must have been some period in which to play.
1: That was uh, yeah this season was uh, unbelievable, and I think the the start of season was not that great for different different reasons uh, and uh, the first one maybe is that for the players you know at the the preseason is really intense and really hard and uh, and may, maybe there was a little bit of um, yeah maybe a bit of fatigue uh, because we 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 worked so hard to make sure we can be fit. Uh, yeah, Fita as any team. The, the beginning of season was a bit slow, and uh, we didn't get the result we we wanted. But after that, I think we started to get, uh, you know, the the tempo and the intensity we wanted to put in a game. And uh, at the end of season, we we were the the team who ran the most, who did the most sprints or everything. We had the stats uh, really really high, and that's why I think we we were so good because technically the team was good, and physically. Uh, really fit so, so yeah that's why
0: but i mean 98 goals 8-0 win at birmingham city 5-3 against Cardiff, 6-1 at blackpool and that was during that unbeaten run at, at what point during that promotion fight was there a collective thought in the squad that okay this is definitely going to be our year
1: that's a good question i think we had um, all different feelings uh, as I just said before, uh, for me, uh, I had that feeling the season before when we finished uh, strong and the way we played. I was thinking this system is uh, has a really big, big potential. So with the new preseason altogether, because we had just signed uh, in uh, in January, so I was thinking, yeah, good preseason together, work hard, and a few additions if they can bring some good players, uh, which I was sure because the way we played. I was sure he, he could bring some uh, players who love to play, you know, on the ball, on the floor, uh, and play good football. So, so he did bring some good uh, good addition, and uh, we had, uh, I would say, a big squad as well because we saw when he used to to change like ten players in uh like League Cup or FA Cup, and uh, and we saw every time he changed ten players, uh, the, the team we, we play was maybe not the same level, but almost which was uh, really good. So every time you had one, uh, one player who could be injured or, or, or banned or whatever, you could see the team was not really affected because uh, every player was uh, concerned and very really involved. So, so yeah, no, I think at uh, some, some point at the end of the season, we had a few games left and we felt like uh, yeah, we, we can really do, do something.
0: And on the final game that got you up by one point above Watford, not just to get automatic promotion, but to win the championship, it was your old team, Charlton, that you beat. And they were at that stage very much on the way down, which must have made you think, I have definitely made the right decision here.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was uh, funny because when I saw the, the fixture before the beginning of the season and I saw Charlton away, I was for me, that was a um, signal, like uh, something is due to happen maybe. So when we arrived at Charlton for the last game, uh, being already promoted, but uh, playing for maybe the title, I was like, uh, I couldn't have dreamed something better than that. And finally, something better happened uh, because uh, the way we we end up uh, champion at the last minute, Sheffield Wednesday scoring at Watford, that was uh, like a miracle as well.
0: So what's the feeling like, speaking of miracles... That your career could have ended in England very early, having hardly played for Leicester at all, and now you are a Premier League player.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> that's maybe the, the biggest disappointment of my career, <laughs> because the first game of uh, of the Premier League season, he he basically played with the the team who played in Championship, and uh, except me, he didn't start me uh, the first game. He, he played with uh, Josh King up front, and that was uh, the biggest. Uh, I was uh, almost crying because I, I felt like uh, your chance is the first, maybe two or three games before they maybe buy new players uh, with Premier League standard, or, and definitely will be maybe more at the bench. I was quite old, never played in Premier League, so I was like, if you if you get a chance, that's uh, that's the first two or three games. But after, if you don't do well in the those three games, you will maybe be uh, on a bench. And I was. Uh, I was uh, okay for that. Even in my mind, I was thinking, "Yeah, of course you have to prove yourself in Premier League, because my um, style of player, we say, is not necessarily the one you want in, in Premier League. Because you know you want quick players up front, maybe." And I was thinking, "Yeah, if you do, if you do well, maybe you will get a chance. But if you not, you will be on the bench. You will be more used like an impact player for the last 10, 15 minutes sometimes, or, or playing more in a cup." But he didn't play me, and he played uh, Josh King. He was signing from uh, Blackburn at this time. Didn't uh, didn't do as good as I did the, the season before. But I was thinking like uh, he preferred to give him a chance than me. Yeah, I felt like yeah, stabbing mm-hmm. in my back.
0: No starts. You made seven substitutes appearances until the transfer window was open. How how did you think outside of that you would have had a chance to get back into the side if at all?
1: No, I think it was over for me after that game, the first game. Because if I remember he called me on Thursday saying like he will not be uh, starting on Saturday against Villa. Yeah, of course I was disappointed, but not like uh, not as much as uh, I was on Friday because on Friday I felt like I am the only one not starting from last season. So it was exactly the same starting 11 from the, the, the promotion season. Except me for... It was not like uh, being rude or, or whatever, but I was thinking... Uh, Josh King come from uh, Blackburn. I think he scored one or two goals in, the, in that season. Uh, Rudy Gestede and, and uh, Jordan Rhodes, who were the two up front, like playing almost every games, and so he didn't play that much. And I was thinking, if he gets in front of me, what's gonna happen when they sign? Uh, I don't know who, but a player from Premier League. I would have uh, even less chance to, to play. So, so I was fuming and uh, yeah, really, uh, really upset. So on a Friday night, I had uh, uh, the worst night of my my life. Like uh, as I said, like a a kid, you know, was so sad. My head turned, and and on Saturday I was drained. Like I was really tired, didn't sleep, uh, thinking too much about like my dream is over. I will never play. Or well, it was really tough. So when uh, when the game started, I was uh, of course on the bench, uh, and Josh King started to be. Really tired after the 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 halftime, so he changed me, uh, put me on I think after fifty five minutes or something. But I was like dead before to start. I was dead already, so I felt really slow, really not really in my body, you know. And uh, so I had not a great game. Nothing special, like nothing bad, but just uh, I lost two balls. Like it felt like the 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 player was much quicker than me because you know I felt like uh, very slow. And he used that at the end of the game to just uh, basically uh, tell me uh, that's why I didn't play you or starting you today. And I was thinking, oh, okay, so I've been done. <laughs> I've been done. And it's over for me now. And I, I felt that really. So yeah, it was a bit, bit big disappointment for me after the season I, I did for them and for the manager. But in the same time, I know it's football, and uh, you can't always be a loyal, and you have to uh, sometimes be ruthless And it's been for me, and, and I had to. Uh, to accept that. And you can see now, that i in the Premier League, Josh King has been really good as well. So, unfortunately for me, I have to say, it was maybe a, a good decision. Or not.
0: <laughs> but, but do you find it sort of in the inverse of Gary Lineker? Because he always said that if he would go off, be it with an injury or something like that, that he would be watching his replacement, wanting the team to do well, obviously, but not wanting his replacement to do well. So were you, perhaps for the first time in your career, In a long time, you were starting on the bench and while hoping that Bournemouth would do well, maybe as well hoping that, well, you know, maybe it'll go quite badly and I'll come on and things might turn around.
1: No, no, no. Because that game, I was just thinking about my, uh, as I said, I was there, but like I was not there really. Uh, I had a really bad night, didn't sleep. And I was just thinking, yeah, my dream is, uh, is over. I was not even thinking uh, he has to do bad so I can, you know, take his place and come back in the team. No, I was thinking that for me, that proves something if uh, I didn't play that game, didn't start that game. Uh, just for me, of course, we don't have the same style of play with uh, Josh King. He's more like powerful and quick and, you know. So I was just thinking he wants to play that kind of uh, players up front uh, for Premier League. And I was thinking he, he wants to do that just because for him maybe he got more chance to stay up because at this time, of course, he was just about staying up. And um, I was just thinking yeah, maybe for championship it was uh, a good in his mind to, to play the way he wanted to play, but maybe not, not for Premier League. And for me, that was something I could not really change.
0: So then a move opened itself. You went with Reading. Were you hopeful that you might be able to get another promotion with them from the championship?
1: No, not not really, uh, not really. But uh, because when I signed for Reading, uh, they were doing uh, quite bad. It was not <laughs> not really uh, good football as well. So I just uh, I think I moved to Reading more because I wanted to play. Uh, even if for me it was difficult to play in a in a team who didn't play best football, uh, but it was just about playing because I felt like uh, I'm getting older and. Uh, I have, uh, I have still a few seasons to, to play, but not much. And I want to uh, to make the most of it. So I don't want to say, yeah, I am Premier League player if it's just to be on the bench. Because I, I was on the bench uh, almost every time. So I was involved. But uh, I felt like I could not play sometime, maybe five or six games in a row and not coming on. So for me, it was not uh, not possible to just say, yeah, I am Premier League player, but I'm not playing. So, so I prefer to go back to Championship and... Uh, enjoy a bit of football.
0: I mean, the good news from a Reading point of view is that they did stay up and the following season was another of those terrific seasons. They finished in third place. There were eight points off promotion in the end, so it was the playoffs. And But you were the top scorer. You had one of your best seasons in years, your top scorer in the league, top scorer overall with um, a 19 in all competitions.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny because um, I was a top scorer because finally I play up front. On my own. That was the first time. Uh, when I played at Charlton or at Bournemouth, uh, I used to play more like a number 10 or 9.5. So I was more doing uh, the last maybe pass you know, to a striker uh, and used to play with the proper striker it was uh, Callum Wilson or, or Lewis Graban or, or Bradley Ray Phillips when I was at Charlton. And that's why most of the time I didn't score much goals, but I had uh, double figures on assists as well. So I was more like mid-goals, mid-assist. Uh, and uh, when I played reading, the gaffer wanted me to play up front on my own, which uh, for me was not, uh, I would not say great news, but I didn't know if I would be uh, able to to be that kind of player who, can, who, have, who has to stay up front. And sometimes, even if you don't touch the ball, you have to be in the box. But me, I, li- I like to uh, get involved in the, in the build-up. So that was quite hard for me. But at the end, I started to to feel uh, good in in that role as well, and and the season year was uh, quite good.
0: And it was under Yapstam. You got to the playoff final in the end and beaten by Huddersfield. Went to a shootout, actually. So a couple of questions off that. What's Yapstam like as a boss? He's in the states now, and what's it like playing at Wembley?
1: Uh, so first question: Yapstam is a unbelievable manager and a, and a great guy. It's funny because he's so. Especially for me, who is a bit older, so I, I know him uh, as a player, which is not really the case of the players who are near 20 or 22, 25. They don't know him too much. But me, uh, when he, he signed, I was like, uh, that's, uh, I don't know if he's going to be good, but uh, I knew he came from uh, the Ajax, which is uh, really, uh, you know, a really great club for, uh, especially the way they play. They definitely want to play on the floor and play from the back. Uh, so I was thinking, it's kind of the same uh, of Ediow, uh, so he could be uh, good for me. And uh, and of course, the guy, uh, yeah, he won the Champions League. He's been uh, one of the best, or maybe the best uh, centre back in his uh, time. So um, yeah, really good uh, to to have him. So it was a great news. And at the end, behind uh, the the strong guy, he, he is, he's uh, just a nice, nice gentleman, and uh, and you can have a good uh, talk with him. And uh, we had a good relationship together, so so it was funny sometimes to have uh, some chat with him uh, in his office, just uh, not only about football but about uh, different things. So yeah, it was a pleasure to to have him as a as a manager. Sam, I was so sad when he got sacked. I was like, uh... and the second question sorry was Wembley. It's funny because when um, so when the manager signed Yabstam, uh, we had uh, like an individual meeting during the pre season. It was. Uh, abroad I don't remember where in Austria or something and we had the uh, yeah we had the individual meeting so he wanted to, he just wanted to speak with us I wanted to know what we wanted to achieve what was uh, yeah what we wanted to do and stuff like that so I remember talking with him and saying uh, my uh, my aim for this season is to be good and sign a new deal <laughs> and uh, the second thing is uh, I want to uh, finish in, uh, in the playoff and uh, go to to Wembley because I've never been, and that's, uh, so that's something I, I dream. Because I've been lucky enough to to win the league uh, twice with a Charlton and Bournemouth. But I said to him, I, I would love to, I would dream to get promoted by the playoffs. I would not say the best is different, but it's uh, something I wanted to, because of course we, we, we had the playoffs with, uh, with Leicester, and I felt like uh, it was a, a special atmosphere. And I was thinking playing a final in the Wembley, uh, you know the stadium is uh, unbelievable, so I was thinking that would be that would be good, so I could uh, end my career after that and say I've done it. <laughs> so yeah, that's funny because when we when we finish in uh, top six, I was thinking uh, you're not too far from your dream, so you have to make another another effort. And uh, and uh, when we when we beat Fulham in the, in final I was like uh, I would not say I already won something, but uh, almost. I had my dream. My, my my parents and my family were there, so we 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 sang. We go to Wembley. It was like a yeah, a dream come true.
0: And just the last for me for the moment before we do our own squad rotation. So, what's it like being on the pitch, you're playing at Wembley, and it's all around you, sort of seventy five, eighty thousand there.
1: That was uh yeah, that was really impressive. Really. Uh, yeah, I couldn't expect I would do that one day. I've never played in the uh, Stade de France, in France, because um, in France, you have two solutions. You are in final, in the FA Cup, or French Cup, or League Cup. Uh, or you are in the French national team, but <laughs> except that, you can't really play in the uh, stadium. So in England, it's a little bit different. You got the, the cup, but you got the, the playoffs. And, uh, and I was thinking I would uh, I would love to play there. And uh, to be fair, it was was... Uh, really impressive. I had to, all my family, uh, I think I had 20 of my friends who came uh, over as well to come to the game and, uh, and go to the pub.
0: <laughs> but when you're down on the pitch, are, are you constantly A, looking up at the stands thinking wow, but also are you also trying to pick your, your, your family out, your friends out in the in the crowd?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I knew exactly where, where they were, uh, but that's the kind of uh, thing you maybe do I would say during the warm up sometimes you are stretching or something you can just say a quick uh, hello I'm here I'll see you and uh, and after that you just get focus on your game and can you can not have uh time to look around and uh, being too impressed <laughs> you have to look at the at the pitch and uh, and be focused on your game
2: Jan, yeah, um, I mean to me like I just want to go back you know to you the um, early stage of your career as a kid basically when you were 15 you joined the academy in Rennes one of the best academy in France And um, unfortunately you've been diagnosed with uh, leukemia and I don't know if people knew about it, but at that stage, you know, obviously the dream is to, you know, to play for Ryan, you know, in the first team and you can see your dream a bit shattered. Obviously it was a very tough time for you, you know, at 15, at such a young age.
1: Yeah, definitely. Of course, uh, at that age, uh, you only think about when you love it, of course, but you only think about being a professional and being, uh, just uh, playing football. So when I've been diagnosed uh, with uh, leukemia, it was a big blow, and I was thinking, uh, "Yeah, your your dream is um, is over." At some point it's quite good because I was so focused on football, I forgot about, or I didn't think too much about like uh, just staying alive, which is uh, normally the first thing you you have to think when you you got that. So it was maybe a yeah a good point to just stay focused on football and. Uh, of course, it was a big uh, disappointment. So you you fight, and after that you start to think again. You're not maybe not professional, but stop, yeah, come back to to play football, and uh, you keep your your focus on football more than.
2: Uh, yeah, and, and you know the the, the finals, You know you, you go through the treatment, and uh, at, what, at what stage, you know, do you do you think you know yeah I can come back and uh, and play uh, football, and uh, is it you know going back to Van.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, it was a long, long time uh, after that because uh, basically I had uh, like two years uh, treatment uh, in terms of uh, chemo, and after that I had uh, some uh, complication in terms of um, it was the time, uh, the age I was growing up, and uh, my cartilage, you know, uh, sensi- sensitive, or painful because of the treatment and, uh, and the chemo. You got your bones uh, getting like soft, so I had my uh, my tibia and my. Uh, the femur, so the, the the two bones and your knees yeah. are in the middle, mm-hmm. yeah the joints so the 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 bones are getting soft with the the chemule. so I had to make sure I would not uh, impact too much my cartilage to make sure I can grow up and uh, and be a good health so I had to be in a in a wheelchair for a year to make sure i don't uh, walk and uh, and use it too much, and after that, I was a little bit uh, crutches as well and came back uh, to get a bit better a few yeah, years after that. And, and when I, I, I started to, to play football again, which was normally uh, not sure, because uh, when I, when I had that, they said to me, you will not maybe get able to, to play football, just maybe a little bit in your garden with your friends, uh, but not much. That I started to play a little bit football, and it took me uh, like two or three years to really start to feel fit and uh, so I moved to another club that I, I was uh, starting to to feel a bit more, yeah, I can come back to football. Not, not necessarily professional, but like a better level. So when I moved to Vannes, it was in a fourth division. So in France, it's, you can't compare to League Two in, in England because you are definitely not professional, but it start to be a good level as well. Um, you, can, you can have uh, not as much as now because it's 20 years ago now but you get um, some scouts who can maybe see you from uh, clubs in the third division or even second division. Uh, so, yeah, I started to feel uh, more, I would say, closer to the professional uh, level.
2: And yeah, do you think you know, that, that, you know, um, illness you, know, you got and help you along the line when you have tough time in England, for example, you know, give you like mental strength in your career, like?
1: Uh, yeah, I think uh, that period um, at Leicester, of course, where I was uh, alone and uh, fighting against uh, everyone, I would say, uh, it remind me a little bit that uh, uh, really that kind of uh, moment where you have to, you can just only uh, think about yourself and uh, you are the only one who can do something, really. So, of course, it did help, it did help me. So, as I said to everyone, when I've been asked that question, of course, I would say at some point it, it get me stronger and maybe help me during my career. And the other one is, uh, I don't know what I would have done if I had uh, been at Rennes and uh, get uh, you know, in the academy and maybe, uh, but we never know. So that's a question we can't really answer.
2: And how did you feel like, you know, because uh, you know, I play in France and I play in Ireland, I uh, saw so both, you know, side of the, uh, it's a different culture, it's a different style of, you know, play. Was it a big, big step up because playing for Hans in League Two and moving to the Championship? The intensity is not the same. Obviously, it's very, very different from French football. Mm-hmm. How did you cope? You know, obviously, you didn't play, you know, much, you know, at Leicester City, but you know, going back to Charles and Championship and Bournemouth, was it, you know, a big difference? Have you seen a change, you know, in from, you know, from yourself as a player as well? Like
1: it's completely different. Uh, I would say first of all, it's the, it's the so for for me something important is the attendance in the, in the stadium. Uh, in France, you play in front of maybe uh, sometimes uh, five, eight, six, uh, even in second division. And when you you go to Leicester, first game, I was thinking, uh, "Whoa!" The fans started to sing, and that's something I never heard before. And I had like goosebump on 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 the bench, like thinking, "Wow, that's exactly what I wanted to to live." So, so I would say uh, the atmosphere at the stadium, the clubs, and the size of the stadium as well. Uh, they look yeah, everything bigger and, uh, and better. Um, the number of the staff as well changed a lot. In England, you have uh, like uh, masters, you have uh, physios, you have uh, so many uh, guys for uh, athletic uh, uh, preparation. And you got everything to get fitter and better. That's, that's for sure. The quality of the, the pitches as well, the training uh, are much better. So you can see the yeah, the step is uh, is much higher
2: and did you, you know, did you take your time to adjust to the level of you know like intensity or physicality of the game you know in england you, you see like you know you felt like you know, maybe you know, you needed a year to adjust and maybe going back to Araignon coming back to Charlton and League One, it was the best thing that happened to you to sell down and championship after that in england
1: that's uh to be fair that's a good question but I would not say that. I think I was uh, ready to go and um, I could have had the... I'm sure if I had played uh, up front at Leicester because we had a a good team. eh? We finished uh, fifth in the league. So we had a good team. Uh, If I had been given a chance and played uh, as a main striker, I'm sure I would have uh, had a great, great season. I I was fit and uh, it was just about getting involved and just being accepted by the the, the players. But if they had been good with me and uh, could be... uh, more friendly, I would say, and uh, played together. We could have uh, had a really good season. And then that season, there was a player called um, Mat- Matty Fryat. I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the kind of player who could have played with me, uh, definitely. He used to, you know, make the run on the shoulder just to, and uh, And for me, being more as a, as a target man, I would say. even if I'm not exactly a target man, but we could have had a good par- partnership.
2: A few years ago, uh, I was talking to Mathieu Berson, I'm sure you know him. Uh, yeah. He's played for Nantes, Toulouse, and played in England for Aston Villa and yeah. Levante in Spain. And uh, he was telling me that basically he only stayed one season at Aston Villa under De- David O'Leary, uh, yeah. the Irish manager. And uh, in fact, it was a disaster. He, it was a wrong choice for him. Yeah. He, he told me like the first game he played, I think it was against Newcastle. And uh, he was lining up in the tunnel and he looked at the guy, Robbie Salim. they were all like big guys. Physical guys on the pitch, you know, you say like they were running all over the place. <laughs> it was like very physical in the air. You saw the ball like going, you know, up in the air all the time. And he say well, that was not for him. like. And yeah. at that stage, you know, you feel the same way because it's very, very different. As we, we discussed initially from French football.
1: Yeah, definitely. But I would say uh, I was maybe more built um, to the name for example, if you take uh, him as an example. I was more built, to, of course, to adapt my game to, to England. I've, been, I've always been told that you would be perfect for, for the English game because you're strong. You love to to fight in the air with the, the centre-backs or even tackle or everything. So so for me, it was not a problem. But, but you can see definitely uh, the guy uh, much stronger. They go more in the gym uh, than uh, maybe elsewhere.
2: <laughs> and just going back again, you know, to... Um... Different period of you carry like you know Leicester City. I mean, obviously, it was a painful moment when you did that Panenka against uh, Cardiff. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see we know what happened on long after that to uh Arvignon, and maybe I think seven years on against Fulham with Reading. Youngstown said, Look, I knew he's going to score that penalty, and you have full confidence in you. Was it take you know, for you, was it a bit of a revenge, like uh, you know, especially more or less the same situation in the playoff, and you and you score like.
1: Those two penalties, this one and the one in the in the final, were maybe the <laughs> the most important ones I had in my career. Leicester, of course, as well. But uh, I would say Leicester was a bit different because, as we just said before, when I took the penalty against Fulham, I was uh, the the main man, you know, in the team, uh, striker scoring the most goals. So my confidence was really Hi. high. So it was completely different. When I when I took the pen against uh, Cardiff uh, in semi, with Leicester. Basically, I was like at the end of a nightmare of season. Didn't play that much. Uh, As we said before, the striker got sent off the last game of season. The one before, I think, I guess. So basically, the last game of season, I played my first game at home uh, as a starter. And I was thinking, that's a day for you. That's maybe, uh, you know, it, it should have happened. So you have to take it. And if you're good you will get maybe a chance to play the, the first leg of the playoffs. And if you're good, maybe the second. And if you win, you know what I mean? it could be a change from your big turn. So when I scored that goal and we, we won the game, I I got mine out of the match. I was like, uh, perfect. You've done exactly what you needed to do to show him he can trust you. And, uh, and maybe I was even thinking he... he even him as a manager, he needs something to maybe say to, um, to the, the other players. You see, he's good enough to play, so trust him and uh, and be good. That would be nice with him. That was my uh, my my thought. And uh, and finally, we play the first leg against Cardiff at home. So you you play at home normally. You you attack and you want to win the game. The first leg is uh, really important. And uh, he decided to play up front with uh, Jess Perrin. I don't know if you know him. He was 19 years old or 20, something like that, uh, coming from Liverpool. Uh, he's uh, maybe five foot seven or something, really small. And he uh, and, and played him as uh, like number 10 or number 9.5. So exactly where I normally uh, uh, should have played, I would say. So one more time, I was thinking, like, he's uh, taking the piece. You know, it's like, uh, oh, you can do that. So he just uh, yeah, showed me, approved me. He didn't trust me at all. And uh, the, the the second leg when we play Cardiff away, uh, the striker came back, so he played up front on his own, uh, not no, on his own, but he played up front. We knew uh, Cardiff had a big problem on long balls uh, with the flicks and the struggled because they were quite slow, on the centre backs. So he could flick. You uh, can have a striker going, uh, uh, going uh, running behind, and it was quite good. So so that was the reason why I didn't understand why he didn't play me when uh, the other striker, big striker, was not playing. I was the solution to do that. And he didn't. He didn't and we lost one nil at home. Uh, so I was thinking, That's, uh, you, you get what you deserve. And uh, when we played the second leg, he played him up front and we won 3-2. So we had to go to extra time. And and then uh, the end of the game was like uh, crazy. Everybody was having cramps and uh, it was really tough. So long balls. And, and he, he put me on for the last uh, seven, ten minutes. I don't know. Like uh, just to, uh, I think I played the front one or two minutes, and then he said to me, "Like come back to as a centre back, just to uh, to get the ball in there and and edit." So that was the end of the game, and uh, then uh, the penalty arrived, and we have to choose. You know the penalty taker. You had the three first three you wanted to shoot was uh, a Stevie Award, like thirty-seven or thirty-five years old, big experience and used to play uh, Nobi Solano massive player as well big, big experience so of course he can take uh, his responsibility and the third one was uh, Bruno Berner uh, same international player uh, 33 or 5 I don't know so only experienced player and all the, the other guys who were talking talking uh, most of the time uh, nobody wanted really to take it and there was only another young lad, uh, Martin Wagon, who wanted to take it. But the fifth, like uh, maybe the, the match winner, I would say. And he was looking at me like, uh, you're going to take it. <laughs> and of course, me and my confidence was so low, I didn't really want it. But I was thinking, you're a striker, so you have to you have to take it and take your responsibility. But I can promise I will be in good condition to really to take it too. So. So at the end, when uh, when that arrived, and, uh, they all scored the uh, third three. We scored and they scored. I was thinking that the worst situation for you <laughs> because if you miss, you're dead. And uh, thinking that, I was like, if I shoot like I normally do, uh, like quite hard on the left, I didn't want to miss the target. And uh, I felt like the first three he completely dived, like he guessed you no, know, he bet uh, one uh, one side and he, he, he dived. So I was thinking, if you chip in the middle, it might be. Uh, Maybe the best solution to make sure you don't miss the target and uh, you should score. But the thing is, my legs were shaking. My head was like, oh, what are you going to do? And I didn't do it uh, well, (laughs) I would say. And and of course, yeah, he saved it. And uh, they scored and we missed as well, the fifth. So we got uh, eliminated and, and it was all my fault.
2: Look, Looking back, you know, what you've achieved, you know, in England, uh, I mean, obviously you don't remember that, but I saw you played, you know, in Van in 2002, 2000, 2000, 2003, like you're playing behind the striker, you know, in the middle of the park. And, uh, and you know, I cover a lot of games when you play in the championship, uh, would you believe, in Bournemouth especially, I, was, I cover most of the games in Bournemouth and uh, and Reading as well. And if you look at, you know, the the, the most prolific years as a striker was, um, was Bournemouth in 2014 and 15. you scored 17 goals. And with, uh, and with Reading, 19 goals in 2016 and 17. So, can you tell me, like, you know, those two years, like, were you playing, you know, on the other front and, or you, you, because you have such a partnership with your, your teammates from an attacking perspective that that made a difference and scoring so many goals?
1: Yeah, that season with, uh, with Bournemouth, uh, I had 17 goals and uh, I think it was like 12 uh, assists. So for me, it was more complete. Uh, compared to a rating where I had maybe three or yeah, three or four assists, not, not much, because I was really the main striker, playing up front on my own. And uh, we had uh, quite a few crosses and uh, it was a yeah, different, I would say, style of play. Personally, I, I always used to play and I prefer to play as a number nine and a half than playing on my own, because uh, for me, when you play number nine, you have to be a little bit more selfish, I would say, and think about goals and that's something I've never been uh, of course I love to score goals and uh, that's important Uh, I would not not say it's not but I mean it was not um, I never starting a a season feeling like uh, or thinking "Yeah, I want to be the top scorer in the league because I know I'm not that kind of player so of course when I scored 19 with the reading I was uh, really proud and thinking yeah we've done a good job and and we finished third where nobody expected us to finish in the top six I was happy but it was two different seasons definitely
2: do you think it was a step up from the championship to the Premier League? Do you think you know you, you had the level if you if you are given the chance you know to to compete in the Premier League?
1: Yeah, that's that's funny because uh, after the for two reasons I would say yes definitely. I, I'm not saying I could have played uh, every game, starting every game, but I mean could have had part uh, to play definitely, not only just uh, a few ten minutes. Sometimes when we lost against Atleti uh, in the final in the playoff final, I was thinking that's maybe the last definitely the last one, but I was thinking if we got promoted, I'm sure the the manager will give you a chance. Same as uh, Eddie Howe, but I think this time he will give you a chance uh, to, to play uh, at least at the beginning of the season. Maybe, as I said before, uh, I would not be good enough and he will change the tactic or change the player, but I, I'm sure he will have given me a chance. That's why I was so fuming when we, <laughs> when, when we, when we lost, because I was thinking that's for, for this time, that's over because I will not do it again.
3: I was just looking, it's quite unusual, um, obviously for a very good reason. It took you a while to become a professional, but it was probably about 24 maybe when you uh, actually entered the professional world. Did that sort of help you, uh, I guess, savor every moment, but really appreciate the fact that you were um, getting this chance?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, as I said before, I think when you start football, at, like I could have done, at 15 and you never stop, I think uh, you are in your like, a bubble. Uh, me, the, the chance I've had with that is uh, I've been student. I've lived a normal life, I would say. And I know what I've done to achieve what I've achieved. You know? Sometimes I feel like uh, when uh, the young lads arrive in the first team, more now than 20 or 30 years before, of course. But they, they, they feel like they have uh, done it after a few games. So they get involved in the team. They do one or two good uh, substitution appearance. People around them talk and say like, oh, you've done so well, well done. And the people sometimes are too... That's funny because it could be uh, opposite to what I said with the Leicester. But I feel like uh, the um, experienced players now are too soft and too nice with the, the young lads and uh, that's why they feel like uh they feel too empowered after a few games and you could see the even the attitude in the in the changing room or, or when you start talking to them after a few games they already start to talk to you like uh not like they should do but they should be more um, listening to what you say because it's just about uh, giving them more uh chance and um, and helping them to understand what 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 it is to what you have to do and and that's why sometimes I feel like uh, me when I, I first signed I was not in that uh, situation uh, I was listening to the, the experienced players and I was just, uh, I would not say I, w- I was shy but I was uh, I knew I needed time to uh, uh, yeah, to be, a, of course you sign your contract, you're a professional but you have not proved anything so you have to still uh, learn, work hard and uh, one day you would maybe get uh, what you, you deserve but you can't say after two games you are a professional footballer. You know that's for me the biggest difference between now and and a few years before.
3: And what makes the uh, championship so hard to stay in and get out of?
1: That's funny. I would not say it's so hard to stay in. In terms of you, you, you still got twenty four teams and uh, three go go down. So three out of twenty four is not. Uh, you got a good chance to stay up as well. Uh, but I would say it's more about like uh, the you, you got a big amount of games in the season. If you take a preseason, uh, forty-six games, league cup, FA Cup, so it's uh, it's quite a hard season. And uh, and of course you got uh, so many style of play when you play against teams. You got. Those, those teams who play good football, uh, sometimes with uh, maybe a manager wants uh, wants to play, you know, on the floor from the back, like we did with uh, with Reading or, or Bournemouth, and uh, and sometimes you play away from home to, I don't know, like Sheffield or another team who will play a bit more, a bit more strong. Yeah, so many teams, uh, players as well, and I think now the when I first signed in in Championship uh, Leicester, I think there were not many many. French uh, guys, you know, going there. The, we didn't really know that, uh, that league uh, too much. We were just focused on Premier League on TV and, uh, you know, everything on, on Premier League. But Championship was not uh, that famous. And uh, now I think it start to be somewhere the players in France can think twice before to sign even in the first league in France. Me, for example, today I prefer to sign somewhere in the Championship a good club than uh, maybe five or ten teams in the first league in France.
3: And over those years, probably a hard question, but uh, whether it's attitude, um, having been a teammate with them, or maybe an opponent you saw, who, who were the sort of players that impressed you most?
1: Uh, impressed me the most? Uh, I would say uh, I had a good example, but it's a good impression. Is It was uh, Sylvain Distin in Bournemouth. Of course, he was a good friend after, but he's been uh, spot on like uh, all the time. His attitude was perfect with uh, everybody at the club, uh, he had such a great career as well. I remember with him uh, one day I received like a, a not a trophy but something because he was a foreigner who played the most uh, games in the Premier League, which is uh, something you know uh, really important and this guy was so so nice with everybody, so professional as well. Uh, a good example to, to you know to follow for any player at the club and I think the manager was uh, happy to have him in his uh, squad, even if he didn't play uh, every time. Uh, because same, he was like uh, 38, I think, when I was there, but he was uh, fit. Yeah, every detail was important for him as well, and that's why I think he did uh, so many games in Premier League and uh, he had such a great career. He's a proper, the perfect guy to take example of for the the, the young lads.
3: Hearing you talk about that penalty that you missed for Leicester, then obviously he came back and scored one, the first one, I think, in the playoff final. Is that? one of the hardest things to do as a footballer, you know, make that long walk from the halfway line. <laughs>
1: I? That would, yeah, that penalty was uh, the hardest one to take because of course, uh, uh, as you said, it's, it's such a big stadium. You got like everybody at this time, everybody's looking only at you and everybody, I would say, or well, most of the people are already thinking about the uh, playoff semifinal as well. So I was thinking, yeah, you got a big pressure on you because most of the people who know football will remember I missed my pen with Leicester. So, and that was not funny, of course, but I remember when you play away from home, you always get like a book showing the stats from both teams and stuff like that. And every time, almost every time during all my career in England, after so many years, every time it was like mentioned, Jan, meet the pen against Cardiff. Every time. I don't know why they mention every time, but the funny thing as well is I uh, played three times uh, against Leicester after that and three times uh, I scored and uh, we won two. one. It was a good, good revenge.
2: <laughs> Which manager has the most impact in your career, like uh, in France and England?
1: It's too many for different reasons. But the three I had, uh, that's funny because that's where I've had a good season as well. But the three for different ways. But uh, Chris Powell is a, a true gentleman. He's uh, such a nice guy. Alex Dyer was his uh, assistant manager. Was the uh, same really nice guy. We had uh, a really good uh, relationship, and we had a group who I would say a group of friends uh, because of him as well. But we were having uh, fun, uh, lots of time, and and it was really good. After that, of course, Edir uh, was different. He was not. Uh, we didn't have the same relationship. But it was more about football, properly football. But uh, yeah, his tactic and the way he, he works uh, to to make the team better, and of course, he's made me a better player. And he's asking a lot in terms of uh, effort to to his players, and not only his players, to everybody at the club, even the, the the guy in the kitchen. I would say yes, to do his job properly. He, he, he believes uh, like uh, we all belongs to the club, and uh, it's together he can do something not only the players or the staff. Yes, I'm had a bit of both, I would say.
2: Looking back, you know, if, if someone had told you at 15 years of age after, you know, what happened to you and looking back what you know, you went full circle starting in van, finishing in van and looking back what you achieved, you know, it's quite a dream, like, in fact.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, of course, I will always have um, the regret of not having uh, played uh, since uh, 18, I would say, as a professional and see what I could have done. Uh, and where I could have gone, but in the same time, I'm really proud of what I've done and what I've achieved. And I think uh, you can't really look uh, back and say, oh, I could have done this or that. I think I've done I've done uh, lots of good things, a few bad as well, but that's uh, life. And and uh, now I can look at my career and say, you can be uh, proud and, and you've done well. And I met so many nice people as well, and, and uh, I got some good memories.
0: Just a couple more for me, as, as a young Frenchman living in England, how did you find everyday life there? Because obviously there are quite a number of nationalities who will feel it's not the best place to live right <laughs> now, perhaps.
1: Uh, yeah, the good thing is where I live in France is a really nice part of France, uh, which is Brittany. It's a lovely place. Uh, and when right. we, and when we went to, we went to Leicester, of course, it's uh, not the best one, I would say. Uh, but I was there to live my dream as a footballer, and not about. Of course, you prefer to 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 be somewhere. It's nice, but for me, the most important was the football. But when we came back the second time, basically, I I I've done that because it was Charlton and it was London. Because my wife would not really happy to go back to London, so that was the main um, argument. Yeah, uh, to to say, yeah, we don't really go back to England. We go to London. It's different, so. <laughs> So that was a yeah a big part of us coming back to England. And then when we lived to go to Bournemouth, it was uh, hard as well. Because as I said, you do the same as they do with you. You show the beach, uh, you know, to your family. And you say, see, look it's nice, yeah, but it's uh, 15 degrees uh, in July, so <laughs> you can't really enjoy it. So now it's that, of course, if it was in Spain, Bournemouth would be amazing. The nice summer, you know, 30 degrees would be, wow. Now, of course, it's not uh, the most important. But when I, I left Bournemouth, of course, uh, there was a decision because I had a great season. So I had a few clubs interested this, this time. And uh, for me, the only one I could go is uh, London. Back to London. So I had no many choice. I've been lucky enough to to have reading interested as well. So.
0: And now that your playing career is ended, what will you do now?
1: Buying properties and refurbishing. Uh, and sell or rent or stuff like that.
0: Maintaining old houses, that kind of thing, sort of seeing yeah. them up. Wow, did you always have an interest in that?
1: Yeah, I love that. Uh, we, when, uh, when I play for Chatham, uh, we used to live at Canary Wharf. And, uh, and at some point, you know, Canary Wharf is very really expensive. So when you spend a lot on your house, at some point you think about maybe buying something. And, uh, and ah. we did that and we, we bought a house in uh, Greenwich was a lovely place, but like a house, like not really great. And we refurbished and increased, you know, the size and everything. We did some work on the house and sell it a
0: few years later. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So property renovation in the northwest of France.
1: Yeah, that's it. Kind of.
0: You know who to contact now for your holiday. Yeah, absolutely. We, we know a few things about that at our end. I, I just see as well, there have been so many tributes, by the way, since your um, retirement was announced. You've been playing career from a lot of your former clubs in England, a lot of former fans, including Leicester City, which is really interesting to see. You've had a great career. It's a very interesting story that you've had. Tremendous to hear you telling it. So Jan, thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Pleasure. Thank you very much,
0: guys. That's it for now. We're back with something a little different of the weekend. From Mark Rodden, Stefan Jolie and me, Will Downing, it's goodbye.